read one verse this morning for our text verse, Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 5. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 5. Let's all stand to our feet if we could please in honor of the word of God this morning. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 5. The Bible says, a wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please speak to hearts this morning about this subject of hearing. I pray that you'd help us to hear what you would have us to hear. We pray these things as we ask it in Jesus' name. and Amen. You can be seated. The context of the passage here, if I understand it correctly, is that a wise man will hear the instruction of the book of Proverbs and will increase learning from it. But it is also, if I understand it correctly, a general statement about hearing in general. The Bible says a wise man will hear and will what? Increase learning. Let's say it together if we could please this morning. A wise man will hear and will what? Increase learning. Hearing increases learning. The Bible says concerning our faith. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If a person is going to learn what it takes in order to have faith in Jesus Christ, if a Christian who has already come to Jesus Christ in faith is going to uh, learn what it means to grow in the Lord, then the Bible tells us that they must hear the Word of God. Hearing is an essential part of every life. Hearing increases learning, according to Proverbs chapter number 1 and verse number 5. It increases learning about truths. It increases learning about your family. Hearing increases what you learn about God. Hearing can increase what you learn about your marriage. Hearing can increase what you learn about your church, about your country, about each other. We live in a time where people are talking a whole bunch, but most aren't hearing anybody but themselves. It's important for us to understand that a nation that stops hearing each other will become a foolish nation. A marriage that stops hearing each other will become a marriage filled with foolishness. A home filled with parents and children who stop hearing each other will become a home that is filled with foolishness. It would be good if every now and then people would stop and listen to each other. It would be good if politicians would stop and listen to what they're saying and listen to what others are saying. All we have anymore is nobody listening to each other, but rather everybody just talking a bunch and spouting off what they think ought to be done in our country and nobody listening to each other anymore. 
People are against each other like crazy, and sometimes you hear both sides and, and you think, my soul, how in the world can they not hear what they are saying? How can they not hear what this side of the aisle is saying, and how can that side of the aisle not hear what this side of the aisle is saying? Politicians are gridlocked in what they believe, and they will not hear each other. Now, much of that is because socialists have invaded our country and they have overtaken the thinking of the liberal wing of the Democratic Party and are starting to overtake some of the liberal wing of the conservative parties. And they are very quickly beginning to change the course of our country. They have taken control of the airwaves. They have taken control of the talking points. They have taken control of our news agencies and they are inserting things into the minds and hearts of people that people are listening to, but nobody is hearing each other. People want to be heard. It's good for us to hear one another. The Bible says a wise man will hear and will increase learning. I want to say first of all this morning, and I've said it already, but... I want to say that the people that you ought to hear, first of all, we ought to be hearing each other. You know, when you read through the book of Job, and I've referenced his life quite a bit since I've been here, there's a really interesting thing that pops up. Job and his friends continuously say that they want to be heard while speaking to each other. But it seems like neither one of them can be heard. Turn your Bibles over to the book of Job and look at uh, chapter number 13 and verse number 17. Job chapter number 13 and verse number 17, you're in the book of Proverbs, so in order to find the book of Job, go backwards two books. If you're new to your Bibles, go backwards two books from the book of Proverbs, and you'll find the book of Job. Go to Job chapter number 13, and look at verse number 17. One of the first times we see this pop up is in chapter 13, and it's Job speaking. Job says in verse number 17, Hear diligently my speech and my declaration with your ears. Job was trying to get through to his friends that they needed to listen to what he was telling them. But they weren't listening to what he was telling them. They had their preconceived notions and their preconceived ideas about what was wrong with him, and they refused to listen. Then we see in Job chapter number 15, look at verse number 17. Eliphaz, one of his so-called friends, is speaking, and he says, I will show thee, hear me. Do you see that? And that which I have seen, I will declare. Then we skip over to Job chapter number 21, and notice what is said again. Now Job is speaking again. And in Job chapter number 21, and in verse number 2, he says, Hear diligently my speech, and let this be your consolations. In other words, they continued, and this happened something like 10, 11, 12 times throughout the book, where they say to each other, hear me. And the other one says, no, you hear me. And the other one comes back and says, no, I wish you would hear the words I'm saying. And the other one comes back and says, well, I wish you would hear the words the Lord is saying. And the other one comes back and says, well, I wish you would hear what I'm about to say this time, not what I said last time. And they go back and forth like crazy. I wish you would just hear me. If we're going to have healthy relationships in our homes, we're going to have to learn how to hear each other. 
Parents, listen to your children. Take the time every now and then when they come through to tell you about something going on in their life in the busyness of your day when you feel like you've got much more important things going on. Take the time to stop and listen to them. Sometimes they are just little grumblings of, of things that make no sense. But you know what it does though? It begins to speak to the heart of that child that they matter to you. Even if you don't understand a word they're saying. They can tell whether or not you are listening. Parents, we get so busy in life that if we're not careful, we don't give our children the time of day. We don't hear them. And a child who doesn't know any better because they're not intelligent enough to pull information apart and begin to determine wiser things that adults can, can at least read the countenance of a parent and tell whether or not we're listening. That matters to them. If you want to grab the heart of your child, one of the things that you can do the best is to listen to them. Sit down with them and let them talk and tell you about the things that matter to them. Hear them. A child just wants to be heard. And one of the greatest expressions of love from a parent to a child is simply to listen. As they get older, parents, listen to your children. As they get into those teen years, you might be surprised what you'll learn if you'll just listen. These young people, as they begin to grow, they need direction and guidance from mom and dad. But listen, sometimes they have questions about things that need answers. Occasionally, they will come to you with ideas that maybe you had never thought of and it is worth listening to. Our children are not just to be told all of the time what to do. You will lose their heart if you don't occasionally stop and listen. Job wanted to be heard, and in Job chapter number 31, he eventually says, Oh, that one would hear me. Behold, my desire is that the Almighty would answer me, and that my adversary had written a book. Job just wanted to be heard. Listen to people when they're hurting. Take the time to be the kind of friend to somebody else that even if you have nothing to say, you'll sit and hear them out. People want to be heard. You want to gain a friend? Hear them. Listen to them. And even if you have no other words to say, to stop and to hear what they say will matter the most to them. To just let them pour out their heart to somebody who they can tell cares, even if you don't have the answers, will impact them so greatly that they'll know they have a friend. Amen. Hear each other. Let me, let, me, let me please beg you, church member, to listen to one another as a church. Listen, we cannot become deaf to each other. Sometimes there are things that have happened in the past and it is worth trying to hear the other person's side of the story. I was taught in Bible college so many years ago, it gets further and further away all the time. But when counseling and giving advice, and you've heard this many times before as well, that this is factually true, that in every situation, there are usually three sides. There is their side of the story, and if you'll listen well enough, you can hear and understand and comprehend why they thought what they thought. 
There's the other person's side of the story. And if you listen hard enough, you might be able to hear and understand and comprehend why they thought what they thought. And then usually somewhere in the middle is the truth of it all. And the only way to get to the bottom of some disagreements is to hear each other and humble ourselves and be willing to say, okay, I didn't understand that at first, but I hear you now. I hear you. Hardness of heart sometimes can be broken through if we will just be humble enough to hear. It's important for us to hear each other. Please listen to me this morning. If you're having trouble in your marriage, sometimes it comes because the husband is solidified in what he believes, the wife is solidified in what she believes, and neither is hearing the other. Stop and listen. Can I, can I say this? We, we should do our best not to have disagreements, but marriages have disagreements. It happens. And can I encourage you to do something? When you have come to an impasse and you cannot find a way through this situation, please hear me out. Pun intended. Agree with each other that when you have disagreements, both of you are going to be quiet while the other one talks and you're just going to listen. You're not going to cut them off. You're not going to tell them where they're wrong until they're done talking. You're going to listen. Even if you don't like what they're saying, you're going to hear. And then, when they're finished talking, the other side gets to talk without interruption, without name-calling, without disagreeing. You're just going to sit there and listen. You know what might happen? I cannot tell you how many times between my wife and I we have had disagreements and we had to force ourselves just to sit there and listen. Zip the lip, don't say a word until the other party is finished. And by the way, while you are trying to share your side of the story on this matter, don't do it with name calling and harshness. Just share the facts, share how you saw it, be willing to share your heart, but don't attack the other individual. Just give your side of the story. It'll help you in your marriage to listen to each other and hear the other person out. Try to put yourself in their shoes and understand why it is that they thought what they thought instead of being stiff-necked and hard-hearted and saying, I already know what the answer to this is and you won't hear them. You know what? Sometimes there are multiple answers to every situation. Do you know sometimes there are multiple answers to the decisions that I make as a pastor for our church? We have good men and good ladies in our church that might do some of the things that I do a different way. And if we were to open up the church and say, how would you do this? How would you approach that? We might get a dozen different opinions because people have had different experiences, different walks of life, different counseling from their parents over time, have read different books, have watched different movies, whatever the case may be, their influences are different. And if we were to open up any given decision about any given thing in the church, there might be a dozen different ways to do it. And you know what the reality is? They might all be right.
But somebody somewhere along the line just has to make a decision and say, well, this is the way we're going to go because I can't make all 12 decisions. We've got to make one. It doesn't necessarily mean you're wrong and I'm right. It just means that somebody has to make the decision. But if we're willing to hear each other without assuming we already know the answer, boy, can it go a long way in a ministry. Boy, can it go a long way in a marriage. You know, guys, how many times have you heard this over and over and over again? I've probably said it three or four times since I've been here just in the last year. Many times your wife just wants to talk. She just wants to be heard. And guys, guys like to problem solve. They like to give a solution. Sometimes she doesn't want a solution. Every now and then, trying to give your wife a solution will make her even more mad. She just wants to be heard. And the same is true, ladies, of your husband. Sometimes your husband just wants to be heard. We need to hear each other. You'd be amazed what you can learn when you hear each other. Do you see our text verse again there in Proverbs chapter number 1 and verse number 5? What kind of a man will hear and will increase learning? A wise man. We cannot afford to be so established in our way of thinking that we cannot hear each other because a wise man can increase learning by hearing others' opinions, by hearing from what others have to say. You can learn a lot about your kids. You can learn a lot about your marriage. You can learn a lot about your church. You can learn a lot about finances. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. Be the kind of person that is approachable and able and willing to hear. We need to hear each other. Secondly, now stay with me, please. We need to, number one, hear each other. Secondly, we need to hear our brother. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter number 18, if you would please, this morning. Matthew chapter number 18. And let's look at it in verse number 15. Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 15. The Bible says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall, what's it say there in verse number 15? Hear thee, thou hast what? Gained thy brother. But if he will, what? Not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to what? Hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to what? Hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. Do you see that? We need to hear our brother. Christian, be willing at times to be told the truth about yourself by another Christian brother who is trying to help you from being destroyed in the error of your ways. You understand that God does tell us every now and then to go to each other. He doesn't tell us to criticize each other. He doesn't. Remember, the Bible says we're not supposed to judge one another, right? That you're not supposed to look at the splinter in your brother's eye while you forget the beam that is in your own eye. This isn't a matter of judgment. It's not about looking around the church for people that are doing something wrong so you can correct them. <laughs> Let me tell you. What you've done wrong. 
We are not the people police. That's not what God wants out of any of us. But every now and then, we ought to be able to hear our brother. When they come along and say, Dear friend, out of great love, I need to express something to you. Is everybody okay? We ought to be correctable. If not, we're full of pride. We ought to be correctable. I don't know if I should use this illustration because I know some of you think I'm perfect. <laughs> you will be greatly disappointed. Um, oh, Lord, is it okay to use this illustration? <laughs> I'm going to say it. I, I, be, I believe the Lord brought it to mind. I believe. Quite a few years ago when I was a youth pastor, um, my, first, uh, my first trip with the teenagers was to a youth conference. And <laughs> I came out of Bible college with vim and vigor. And I knew what was right. And I established some ground rules for this trip. In order to try to create unity in the youth group, I wanted everybody to be together at all times and that there were some who were asking if while we went to youth conference if they could stay with family and friends or if they, if they, could, if they could stay somewhere else other than the youth group. And I said, look, if you want to go with our youth group, you need to be with our youth group. Everywhere you go needs to be with the youth group. I don't want you spending time with family and friends all week long and then trying to show up with the youth group and saying, uh, here I am because it will create disunity. You're never going to be a part of the youth group unless you're a part of the youth group. And I still believe that's true, but... We got there, and one young man had family in the area. Um, I say this on purpose because it will help in the story later. He was of Asian descent. Didn't matter to me one way or the other, not even in the slightest. I don't care what your race or background is. I think everybody is important to the Lord, and He created all of us. We are all of one blood. That's what the Bible says. God created all men of one blood. Now, we got there, and he was staying with family and friends. There wasn't anything wrong with that. But this youth pastor, full of vim and vigor and knowing everything that was right, um, he hadn't really been with the youth group. And we got through a service, I think it was, and after the service they were going, I think it was a morning service, a uh, morning session for that, that youth conference, and then after that they were going to go to Six Flags. And so, uh, everybody as a part of our registration fee had paid for our Six Flag tickets. They came with the conference registration. And so, uh, they gave all of the youth pastors all of the tickets for their youth group. Well, I had all the tickets for our group, and I was uh, going around the bus before we pulled out of the parking lot to head over to Six Flags, and I was counting all the heads, making sure everybody was there, and this one young man wasn't there. He came up to the door as we were getting ready to pull away with the bus and said, Brother Josh, can I have my ticket for Six Flags? I said, are you going to get on the bus and come with us? He said, no, I'm going to go with my parents. I said, then no, you can't. He said, but how am I going to go to Six Flags? I said, I don't know. Are you going to come with the group? He said, no, I'm not. I'm going to go with my family. I said, then you can't have your ticket. But that's not nice. I said, well, that's my rule. I told you that before we left. Everybody does every, everything together. That's my rule. And I'm sticking to it. 
I don't remember how he got his ticket. I think he eventually got his ticket. When we got back, I was so frustrated with that young man during that trip. And when we got back, his family wanted to talk, wanted to talk, his mom and dad, rightfully so. We sat down in the office. My dad sat at the head of the conference table. I sat over on the side. Uh, the family sat on the other end of the conference table and began to pour their hearts out to me, and they said, you're a racist. And I got even more mad. I said, I have never considered such a thing. I did not do that because your son is Asian. I am shocked you would even say that to me. And boy, I left that meeting and didn't hear anything they had to say. And I called one of my friends. And I said, you know what happened today? He was a friend from Bible college. He was um, often very honest with me. I said, you know what happened today? This, this, and this. And I explained the whole situation to him. I said, and, and you know what the truth is? Boy, I, I, they, they think I have a temper and I popped off at their son and shouldn't have done that. But the truth is, he was in the wrong. And my friend said to me, you know what? From the sounds of that story, sounds to me like you do have a temper. I said, I do not! <laughs> is everybody okay? Every now and then we ought to hear our brother. Iron sharpeneth iron, yes. That comes from friction. And every now and then your brother has to come to you and tell you something that's true about yourself and we may not always like it, but if we'll hear him, it can help us. Hear your brother. I want to say, first of all, hear each other. Secondly, I want to say, hear your brother. Thirdly, and it doesn't rhyme. I couldn't figure out how to make it rhyme. Hear the Spirit of God. In John chapter number 8, and verse number 47, the Bible says, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Now listen to me what I just said, or what we just read. Please, please hear me out. What the Bible just said in John chapter number 8 and verse number 47, matter of fact, everybody go look at it together with me. Would you please, I think it would be important to read. John chapter number 8 and verse number 47. You see this in John chapter 8 and verse number 47, the Bible says, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Do you see that? Now here's what, here's what God just said. If you are a child of God, He speaks to, to you, and whether you want to admit it or not, you do hear Him. <laughs> we, we hear God when we're children of God. In other words, you don't have a choice. If you are literally a child of God, or if you are truly a child of God, then you hear Him. It's part of your spiritual nature. You hear Him. And sometimes as a preacher, every now and then we'll stand up and preach and I wonder, are they even hearing what is being said because of the direction of a person's life and the stiffness of their neck and their refusal to change? And you wonder, are they even hearing? Well, God answers that question. You do hear. But here's the difference. 
we have a choice to listen. Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 11 and Matthew chapter number 13, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. In Matthew 13, He said, Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. In Revelation chapter number 2, in verse number 7, He said, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. In verse number 11, He says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. In verse number 17, He says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. In verse number 29, He says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He is speaking to Christians in the church and he's saying listen to me I know you hear me but you're not hearing me the Bible says in Proverbs 29 and verse number 1 he that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy when the spirit of God speaks hear him some of you may be here this morning and God has been speaking to you and trying to draw you back into a good relationship with Him and you know He's speaking because you're one of His children so you don't have any choice but to hear the words that He's saying but you have a choice to make about whether or not you listen. If you're here today and you're away from God, can I plead with you as a preacher? Listen to the Spirit of God. Hear Him today. Repent of your sin. Get right with Him. I remember one lady that I preached to many times. Her son is today in Bible college. He was saved as a young man by a man in the church that was out visiting the, the, uh, the teenagers in the church. He would try to go out every Saturday and visit all the teenagers in the youth group. When he came to one of the teenagers' house, there was a young man and a young lady sitting on the porch that he had never met before. I won't use their name for caution here. That young man and young lady that he had never met before were at the house of a young person that was in our youth group. Is everybody okay? Amen. Brother Elisha, can you click the fan on please on this side? It's a little warm, I know, and I don't, I'm not trying to freeze you out. I just want to get some air circulating here. I'm almost done, but you need to hear this, please. Please, you need to hear the Holy Spirit of God. This young man was sitting on the porch of his friend's house that did come to church. The man that came to the door began to talk to his friends that were teenagers in our youth group, and they didn't listen quite as much, but the young man uh, listened intently as he began to talk to them about coming to church. And then he began to get into the gospel. And as he got into the gospel with this young man and his sister, both of them got saved. The young man began to come to church, and his sister did as well. Eventually, all of his friends fell away, and so did, his, so did his sister. Many times he would come and say, Preacher, please pray for my family and pray especially for my mother. Please hear me out. His mother was caught up in alcohol and drug addiction. Not long after he began coming to church, 
I remember preaching a revival service in a church nearby, not far, and so some of our church people came to listen, and as I preached that service that night, I had no clue who would be there, didn't have any clue that his mother would be there, but she came for whatever reason to a revival service that wasn't even at our home church, and uh, I began to preach about, uh, uh, about this very subject, not this message, but about the fact that God wants people to repent of their sin and live uh, in victory, in spiritual victory in their Christian life. And I saw her as she sat right back about here, if I remember correctly, as the tears poured down her cheeks as she knew that she needed to be right with God. And I remember as she came to the altar that evening and got right with the Lord and started trying to get her life straight. And little by little, she would pop in every now and then, but then she would go back into a life of drug addiction and of alcohol. And it seemed like nearly every single time that I was preaching on things that pertained to her without ever knowing that she would be there, she would show up that morning. And often I would look at my messages and go, Lord, I didn't know she was going to be here. I don't want to hurt her. I don't want to preach on that subject. But still, we would preach it and she would weep and try to get right with God and then she she would go right back out under the world and every single time she would show up, I'd watch that young man sit on the front and pray that his mother would hear. The young man is in Bible college today and he's still praying for his mother to hear. And every now and then we talk about mom and how she's doing. Sometimes she's doing better, sometimes not so much. And I want to say this. I want to say it very carefully because I love this young man and his family. And many of them listen to our services on a regular basis. There can come a time when the Holy Spirit of God has been speaking And over and over and over again, you've had a chance to repent. But you stop hearing. And why will you stop hearing? Because eventually the calluses of your conscience will become so great that the Holy Spirit of God as He speaks can be heard no more. Some say that God stops speaking. I don't know if I believe that. The more I've studied the Word of God, I, I think for the New Testament Christian, it may be more likely that what happens is we just become so calloused we can't hear Him speaking. We become so hard-hearted we can't hear Him speaking. I'm begging you this morning, please. I, I could stand up here and tell stories all day long about people that I love who I've had the chance to preach to and have watched from a distance as they walked away from God and stopped hearing. Please, please hear me as I close this service. You only have so many chances. It doesn't go on forever. And whether or not I'm wrong about why it is it doesn't go on forever, whether it's because of calluses or whether it is because God stopped speaking, we can debate about that till we're blue in the face, but I know this, it doesn't last forever. And I am begging you, 
If you are away from the Lord, I didn't know you would be here. Had no clue when the Lord began to lay this on my heart. Who would be sitting in the congregation? I'm not preaching to anybody. I wasn't thinking of your name. All I'm saying is, you need to hear the Holy Spirit. Because there is still time. And as long as there's still time, you can still get right. But if you're getting to the place where when you'd sit in church and the Holy Spirit would speak, your heart used to be tender. And oh, how you mourned over your sin. And how you grieved that you had gone astray. And now today, it doesn't bother you like it used to. You're close to trouble, my friend. If you've gotten to the place where that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit of God cannot get your attention like He used to. I've said this before, I don't know if it makes sense to you, but you know how the Bible says that, that Paul was, as he was Saul, that he was kicking against the pricks? Now you can apply that in different ways, but I believe one thing that was happening is that he was kicking against the pricks of the Holy Spirit of God. And I want to say this. God speaks in a still, small voice. And if there comes a time where you have been not listening to Him for so long, that you can no longer hear those little pricks of the Holy Spirit, there may come a day when He has to get your attention with kicks. You may move from pricks of the heart to kicks in the behind. And if you keep turning your back on the Lord, pricks that turned into kicks will eventually turn into calluses that may not be overcome. We need to hear each other. We need to hear our brother. And we need to hear the Holy Spirit of God. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please help us to hear this morning.